0: Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150 on this fine winter day. It's actually pretty warm out, rainy here in Seattle. It's easy for me, being from New England, to sort of forget in that it's the holiday season because I'm so used to cold and snow around the holidays. But here in Seattle, you never know what you're going to get. It is a fine day to take your dog for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) Bring
1: an umbrella That's right Or a slicker Yeah For both of you, maybe
0: Yeah Eric, how are you doing? I'm
1: doing okay And you know, you you mentioned taking your dog for a walk And right on the news, uh, just before the show started They had talked about the way that you walk actually can affect your mood They say put a bounce in your step and you'll have a more positive outlook If you're doing a more slow gait you'll be more introspective and therefore possibly hmm. a little more down. But it seems to me like if you're already feeling good, then you're going to have a bounce in your step. And if you're feeling bad, you know, right. it's like which came first sort right. of thing. exactly. But wh- however you do it, uh, I think getting out and taking a walk probably makes you feel better. Yep. I and would your dog a- too.
0: I would agree for sure. And if you're feeling down, maybe force that bounce in your step and see what happens. Yeah,
1: fake it till you make <laughs> it, I right. guess is the philosophy there. But, That's uh, right
0: well um really excited about well a lot of things always excited about a lot of things but the the dog show website just recently got a makeover and uh we're still filling filling it in so that it's um, you, you
1: took it to the groomer
0: that's right <laughs> um so it's uh it's news check it out dog dot com there's a uh, I have a part where there's favorite dog videos and I've got a blog and, of course, all of our now 302 episodes are archived on there on the podcast page and lots of other great stuff as well. So one of the uh, new features on the contact page of that website is that if you um, hit uh, at the subject line options, uh, menu bar will come down and it will... Suggest some options as to maybe why you are filling out the contact page on the website DogRadioShow.com. Perhaps you're interested in advertising your business on the dog show. Perhaps you'd like a dog show car sticker sent to you wherever you are in the world. I can do that too. Hmm. Or perhaps you have a question that you'd like me to answer on air, which is what we're doing today.
1: And if it's all three, does it suggest that? Uh, no, is that a thing? No, because I'm pick, sure
0: you could pick one I'm sure there's plenty and then fill me in <laughs> <laughs> people yeah
1: that qualify for all three there yeah,
0: so so um so I got a um email from um a woman in Utah about her um I think it was her grandmother's dog, so we're gonna talk with her in just a minute, but before I do that, I just wanted to send a shout out to our partners, uh the natural pet pantry. They make raw and cooked food for dogs and cats made locally here in Seattle. You can find them online at naturalpetpantry.com. They have two locations, Burien in south the south area of Seattle and then in Kirkland, which is sort of northwest. Two great stores where you can get their products. You can also find their products in lots of independent natural pet stores around western Washington And then, of course, they offer home delivery as well. Great food, either raw or cooked food diets for dogs and cats. Naturalpetpantry.com. And then Pure Air, which is an odor eliminator for both air and surfaces or laundry or whatever you want to put it on. This stuff works so well. Uh, The folks from Pure Air will have a booth at the December 13th Pioneer Square Holidays in Seattle. From 12 to 4, demoing Pure Air. So stop by and see them if you're in the Pioneer Square area in Seattle. uh, December 13th, from noon to 4, you can pick up a coupon for Pure Air and an entry form to win a pet basket, which includes Pure Air, from Pioneer Pet Feed and Supply. So check them out. And you can also go to pureair.com, and that's A-Y-R-E, to check out their... um, Wonderful products and order some, or you can find it at lots of stores locally. You can find it at the Natural Pet Pantry. You can get it at PCC, McClendon's Hardware, QFC, Mud Bay, lots of other places too. So definitely check it out. It works really well. And then Jet City Animal Clinic, located in Seattle on 12th Avenue near Seattle University. Dr. Erica Anderson, it's a great veterinary practice. If you are not happy with your current vet or perhaps new to the area and looking for a vet, They do great work there at Jet City Animal Clinic. You can find them online at jetcityanimalclinic.com. Okay, so going to bring Jennifer in Utah on to the show, and we're basically just going to be conducting a private lesson like I would with my clients here in Seattle, except we're going to do it over the phone and live on air. So, Jennifer, are you there?
2: I am here. Hi. Good. Well,
0: thanks for participating. This is great.
2: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I need the help. Okay.
0: So we are talking about Buttons and Oreo, yes, and they, they are. are Chihuahuas?
2: Yes, they are.
0: Okay. And how old are they?
2: They're 11 years old, and they're two females.
0: And they're litter mates, right? Yes, they are. Okay. And these are your grandmother's dogs?
2: These are my grandmother's dogs. My grandmother is 92, and I've just recently moved here from California to take care of her because she's, kind of wheelchair bound. So with them I'm inheriting these dogs.
0: Okay. So you will be caring for them moving forward, uh, kind of really supporting your grandmother as she, uh, kind of like picking up the slack? Yes. Okay. And are you living there?
2: I am living with her, yes.
0: Okay. So they're 11 years old and they're female littermates. So just want to say um, uh, for, for people who might not know this that female litter mates, you know, sisters is generally um can be a very tough uh, situation. It's not uncommon for them to, ha- you know, have some tension or, you know, have conflict in that relationship more so than two dogs who are not litter mates who might, you know, m- mm. maybe the same age but aren't litter mates or are different mm. ages or are male female or whatever. So just a heads up on that. A lot of times, um, I think if somebody asked me, I wouldn't recommend, if given the choice, to get two female litter mates because mm-hmm. of the... Um, so I just wanted to give listeners that information. But these two are 11 years old. They've been living together all their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are... Now, you sent me a, couple, a video of this, a short video of this. And um, it, you figured out that the sound of your grandmother's walkers breaks. So yes. the brakes to her walker to help mm-hmm. her get around. It mm-hmm. makes this click sound. Yes. And that when that click sound happens, one of the dogs kind of goes after the other dog. And it and is it always the same dog initiating or or does it vary?
2: It varies back and forth.
0: Okay. Um and now you sent me a video. It was really short and what I saw was oh okay. So does um has either dog ever caused damage to the other dog?
2: Um not that I know of since I've been here. Okay. Um I don't know prior to to it to me being here, no.
0: Okay. Uh you haven't seen it though. Right. Okay. And how long have you been there?
2: I've been here since August. I've been here a couple
0: months now. Okay. Three, 4 months. Okay. Based off of the video, it didn't look like it was real serious aggression. It looked you know, because it, it's tough to distinguish when you're not used to it because, it, mm-hmm. you know, they're and, you know, all all on each other and you're like, yes. whoa, this looks really intense. But yeah, a lot of times, um, you know, dogs will get mixed up with each other, but actually not hurt each other. Okay. And so you've been there since August. I would bet that if if it uh, so, it's a really good, 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 really, really huge, actually, part of this conversation that they haven't caused damage. And I would probably guess that they haven't. And if so, it was really rare if you haven't seen it and you've been there since August. Okay. So that's good. Um, So so in evaluating aggression, and, you know, this is tough. I mean, I I invited you on the show because this is an opportunity for me to share a lot of information out there. But, you know, anyone who's working with, and especially after seeing the video and seeing that it, it didn't really feel like it was really... Super dangerous mm-hmm. aggression, um, yeah. otherwise I probably I don't know if I would have had you on for that because i'm really I've said this a lot before in my writing and all that kind of stuff that behavioral challenges, especially aggression, but really any any sort of intense behavioral challenge it's really, really hard to address in in an article or in a book or even on a television show, you know where the other other experts are trying to uh, you know do this because every dog is so different. Right. So I really encourage everybody, you know, if you if you are, uh, you know, working with something like this to hire an expert in your area to come and work with you in person so that they're going to be able to work with the situation for your dog or dogs as individuals because every dog is so different. Um, But this brings up um, a lot of opportunity to talk about a lot of things and get some information out there. So. Um now this is a click that gets set off one or both of them I mean one goes after the other and they uh it's not always the same one initiating it
2: No not always the same one they go after each other
0: Okay and did you tell me or did I ask you already how long this behavior has been happening
2: As far as I know this behavior's been happening um for a while
0: now Okay and have you have you witnessed um in, in observing um, when, so the click happens, and one goes after the other, and mm-hmm. then and then what happens? Does your grandmother do something to try to break them up, or what happens in that next moment?
2: My grandmother, her, she's very hard of hearing, so she doesn't even know it's happening. Okay. And so um, since I've been here, like, I, I'll break them up, and sometimes if, there's still kind of an aggressive mood right there in the moment they'll start to go after me a little bit okay and so um i usually i shush them and that kind of starts to to mellow the 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 atmosphere with them
0: okay and how do you try to break it up
2: i just talk to them that's the only thing i know to do
0: okay so you just go over talk to them Mm -hmm. and then even just doing that they'll they'll sort of direct at you
2: um, yes, if they're still really heated in the, in the moment, mm-hmm. they will direct that, that anger and kind of um, come after me a little bit, yeah.
0: Okay. The curious thing about this behavior is, I you know, one of the first things that I try to get to when I'm evaluating this is why are the dogs doing it? So Because that, that could be a number of different reasons. I mean, why would they do that, you know? Right. Huh. I, a,
2: feel, I feel it might be jealousy, mm-hmm. attention.
0: Yeah, well, I think attention is a big one. That's why I asked, you know, what happens. One of the things in the video that I noticed was that one went after the other and then just immediately looked at you who was taking the video. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and I don't know if that was because you moved and were coming closer or if that was because they were waiting for almost initiating that in order to get you to come over and talk to them. Now,
2: I had just clicked my grandmother's brakes and was going to start moving her around the house. And I believe that um, Oreo looked back up at me because I was holding the video yeah, camera.
0: Yeah. So sometimes dogs will do like kind of act out and then be like and then look at you for what they're anticipating is going to come, mm-hmm. um, which would, you know, potentially be attention. Now, if this may not be and it pr- sounds like it probably isn't caused by that because you say your grandmother's hard of hearing and oftentimes doesn't even notice. Yes. So it's not like she's like yelling at them as soon as it happens Mm -hmm. and they've just figured out it's a way to get her attention and like that kind of thing.
2: Right. No. So Mm -hmm.
0: then we're looking at just tension between the two dogs and what's causing that Mm -hmm. if that is why this is happening. Um, So how much exercise do the dogs get?
2: Um, the dogs go in and out of the house. They have a backyard to play in. I let them in and out several times of the day. And since I've been here, um, I've started walking them outside. They're not very, they're not very good on the leash, but I have been training them more and more. Mm -hmm. And I do walk them together because they're, they're pretty much together all the time. So I do walk them together and, um, and I've been, been working with them with that. Mm Mm-hmm. So their exercise they do run around, and then I also um I play ball with them in the house and let them run up and down the hallways and things like that
0: okay One of the things that can cause this behavior is boredom um so when we talk about exercise mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm there's sort of two categories of that there's the physical exercise, like going for walks, you know running, that kind of stuff playing mm-hmm. that kind of that's- that kind of stuff, which is really important. Mm-hmm. And then there's the mental exercise and little dogs, especially they, they have kind of different needs as far as that mental to physical ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these aren't dogs. These are 11 year old female Chihuahuas. So, you know, if you were a marathon runner, you wouldn't be taking them on 15 mile runs right? because of the dogs that they are. They're not, you know, a Husky or, you know, p- Pointer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't have a, a really, really, really high, high, high level of need for physical. doesn't mean they don't at all, but it's not super intense like another breed might be, mm-hmm. but they it's almost like the intensity of the need for the mental outlet is almost more intense. So what I mean by the mental exercise is them having to figure something out
1: okay. in, in
0: a way that's constructive, you know, having to work for something. hmm Dogs are uh, really, for the most part in this country, I would say generally kind of unemployed mm-hmm. um, in modern times. And if you look back over the thousands and thousands of years that dogs and people have been living together, the nature of the relationship has been really working together. Right. What the job is depends on the, the breed of dog and what they were bred to do. But, um, you know, having, having something to do, something to figure out, something to have to think about and when we take them into our homes and you know provide them their meals and shelter and safety and all that stuff and then give them really affection and maybe a limited amount of physical exercise they're just kind of like i never have to do anything i mean i get my walks but how long are those Mm -hmm. you know 20 minutes out of a 24-hour day and um So that's something to, you know, that I would really encourage you. There's some puzzles that you can get. I mean, training is kind of the first place I go to, you know, do an obedience class with them. You know, Mm -hmm. find a trainer in the area who's um, balanced in their approach as far as, um, you know, like really mostly sort of a positive but not also not afraid to say no and set boundaries and kind of equipped to, to teach you how to do that as well. Mm -hmm. So not just like you always have to have a treat kind of thing. Right. But, um, you know, taking a class or something like that or or some other kind of class, like a nose work class or something. If you're up for doing something like that, that would be great. Otherwise, you could go online. I'm sure YouTube probably has a ton of demonstrations you could just play around with with them, teaching them some basic commands and learning how to do that in home. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take much time every day. It's just a matter of doing it. So it's not like you have to you know spend two hours a day doing dog training. You could do a ten minute session with each dog every day, and that would have a massive impact, okay um, and they're
2: not too old to be learning mm, these new no, tricks. that's
0: a great question, certainly not okay, I learn new I learn every day. I mean, I'm not old, but I'm not a baby, you know, yeah, so um so that's that's an important thing to to get at, sort of looking at big picture what could be causing this this tension between them are they just doing it because it's something to do click oh that's my job I'm gonna go after you or you're gonna go after me it gets some energy out it gives them a rush they get an adrenaline rush Mm -hmm. something to do maybe they're doing it because of boredom Um, that can certainly cause tension between between I mean it can it doesn't even not even between two dogs sometimes dogs just live there it's a one dog household but they're you know, destructive chewing or something like that. So if they didn't have each other to go after, it might manifest in a different way. Gotcha. So um, let's, as I take a breath, <laughs> let's actually take a break. Okay. And then we'll come back in just a few minutes and we'll get right back into it here with Jennifer in Utah who emailed, who filled out our contact form on dogradioshow.com com and clicked the option, I have a question that I'd like you to answer on air. And here we are, because this was a really great question. So um, talking about her grandmother's two chihuahuas who attack each other when the um, brakes on the walker click, and uh, getting into that. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. You'll be to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. <laughs> Hey, Dog Show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural, food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray Pure Air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for Pure Air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit DogRadioShow.com for a link to their website. I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to BioClean, the people that clean up the mess, we cover the world of animals. This week, December 14th, it's a remote healing Sunday with best practitioner Dr. Nels Rasmussen. We'll
1: celebrate Hanukkah with the Jingle Cats and have open phone lines so you can call in for remote healing for you or your animal friends. Plan to call in early, because due to sports, we'll have a shorter show. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, this week, 9 a.m. to 1130, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See ConversationsLive.net for show schedule and guest information.
0: This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog www.sensitivedog.com.
2: Remember, you're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome
0: back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And I'm back talking with Jennifer in Utah, who uh, filled out the contact form on our new website, dogradioshow.com. The address is the same, the website. Is uh, refreshed. So check it out. And there is an option on the contact page for you to click on. I have a question about my dog that I'd like you to answer on air. And Jennifer's question was um, that her grandmother's two 11-year-old female sister chihuahuas uh, get triggered by the sound of the brakes on her walker when they click. And the dogs kind of take turns as far as who initiates it, but they just kind of one or the other will go after the other one and kind of attack them, except they're not causing any damage. It doesn't seem Jennifer hasn't noticed any damage since she moved in in August. So, what do we do? And uh, there's just there's a lot of opportunity to talk about a lot of different things. So I invited Jennifer to come on the show, and basically do a, a, a abbreviated private lesson over uh, essentially over the phone. So uh, she did send me some videos of the dogs doing the behavior, so I was able to see a little bit of it and get a feel for it anyway, which was really helpful. So, Jennifer, welcome back. Thank you. So we were talking in the first segment about uh, just, first of all, meeting the dog's physical and mental energy needs. And uh, the mental part is the one that people a lot of times don't think about. And especially with little dogs, they have an intense uh, intense need for that mental more so than physical. It's not to say they don't have that need for physical, but it's more intense. The mental is more intense because these are not dogs that you would run fifteen miles with, you know. Mm-hmm. so we were talking about some things that you could do. I mentioned just doing so some basic training classes, you know, find a class in your area that you can go to. you can do some stuff at home, you can search YouTube for exercises. Uh, a couple more things I did want to mention. there is a website called Dognition. Mm-hmm. D-O-G-N-I-T-I-O-N, mm-hmm. dog And it's a series I've actually interviewed the founder, Brian Hare, um, who's a, a scientist in ethology. Um, so he's like a dog scientist. Well, not like, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this website and there's a lot of really cool kind of tasks and games that you can play Mm -hmm. To to specifically kind of learn like how how your dog thinks or learns and then you can enter in, you know, what what kind of comes of these exercises. You enter them into the website and then you help you also give them data. So they're collecting, you know, these are I, you know, I did this exercise with two, you know, you would do two. So you'd have one. 11-year-old female Chihuahua and then another 11-year-old female Chihuahua. It would be kind of interesting for you to see how the two different dogs also differ in how they might go through these exercises. Okay. So dognition.com, you can check that out. That's a way to engage the dog's brains in a really constructive way and kind of fun, too, for you. Um, there's puzzles. Uh, there's a brand called Nina Otison, O-T-T-O-S-S-O-N. Mm -hmm. and you can look at them online, and they are these puzzles. If your dogs are food-motivated, you kind of hide treats in these different – they have all different sorts of configurations, but the dogs just really work to figure out the puzzle. They're like dog puzzles. Right. And they can really – if the dogs get really into them, they can really kind of burn them out in a good way. Right, right. Um, So they kind of blow my – our male cattle dog, uh, which is a very intense, smart, high-energy breed – He just like they blow his mind. It's great. So you can try those. Those are fun, fun thing that you can do with the dogs. And then there's something as simple as like playing a game of find it where you just hide tiny little bits of treat all over the house and they sniff around and you just teach them how to how to search and start in a small area. And once they get the hang of it, um, you just then you just expand the search area. And lead trails of treats, literally, into new parts of the house and Mm -hmm. um, just be like, okay, find it. And then they go and they're searching, 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 searching with their noses, which really Mm -hmm. is what dogs are meant to do. Right. And it uh, is work. So that can get them tired, too. You just want to make sure that they have plenty of access to water when they do that because it gets them thirsty. Got it. So what we we're talking about a little bit on the break is that the first thing, so this was the first, first thing of the first kind of layer. And I would usually do an hour and a half session if I was meeting in person. So I'm going to try to burn through this as fast as I can to cover as much ground as possible. First of all, meet the dog's mental and physical energy needs. We want to look at, well, I'm trying to figure out what is the source of this behavior? Why do the dogs go after each other when the walker breaks click? Why do they do that? You know, what's the motivation? What are they getting out of it? They they take turns and nobody's causing damage to each other. Mm-hmm. So why are they doing it? Are they bored? Are they pent up? Is that what's causing tension? So is it just sort of an outlet for that energy? And it's just something, who knows why it started. It happened once. Who knows how the sound, well, you know, maybe it was a fluke thing and then it got reinforced. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious, though, for you to talk to your grandmother about Mm -hmm. kind of the history of it because I would have really liked to know when did this start how long have they been doing it did it start when they were eight years old did it start when they were eight months old
2: right okay
0: so you could kind of follow up with me on on that and let me know um so the other the other reason why training is good is like well how do you work them out of this um there's some there's some things that I'd be curious about like um You could have the dog's thyroid tested because that can cause overreactivity or sound sensitivity or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they on chemical flea medication? No. Okay, good. Um, That can cause like agitated, um, phobic, uh, anxious, all these different kinds of behaviors. So that's good. And so I'm not so topical or pill. They're not on anything for fleas.
2: No, not nothing like that. Utah doesn't have fleas,
0: thank okay. God. Lucky you. <laughs> um, okay. And then uh, what kind of food do they eat?
2: Um, they get a lot of uh, actually home-cooked like vegetables and, um, and meats and different things like that. She doesn't really give them much canned food or, or anything. And okay. They do get dry kibbles a lot.
0: Okay. And what kind of kibble do you know?
2: Um,
0: she does Purina kibbles. Okay. So I would, it's great that she's giving them, you know, meat and vegetables and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely switch them to a, I ideally get them off of kibble and onto something that's not as highly processed. Okay. And if, if she had to stay on kibble, then mm-hmm. I would want a different brand that is uh, higher quality, no grain, no byproducts, um, No fillers, no artificial preservatives, that kind of thing. Um, If you were local, I'd recommend that she just go completely off of kibble and onto something like the Natural Pet Pantry, but that's a local company here. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what's available in Utah, but you could also check out like the Honest Kitchen, which is a dehydrated food, um, and that's nationally available. Okay, like online? Um, Yeah, you you can just order it directly from the company. And I can actually send you a coupon code. Okay. and you can get a free sample bundle of that food. Okay. Um and I'll post that coupon code on our website too. So if anyone else is interested in that, you can order it and they'll send you a free sample bundle. So um yeah, I mean you could look for like a um raw or cooked food diet if you have any like uh like natural independent pet stores around you. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know what's available everywhere in the country is so different and we're really blessed in Seattle for to have so many now- options.
2: I bake and I cook. I can also look up recipes and make them yeah. know, doggy crackers and different things like that as well. I have no problem doing that.
0: Yeah. So you can go to, um, there's a website that has some great uh, nutrition information on there. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been a guest on the show a few times, Dr. Donna Kelleher, mm-hmm. and it's uh, wholepetvet.com and that's W-H-O-L-E. Okay com, and she's got a lot of information about nutrition if you wanted to make their food mm-hmm. just make you know make their complete diet that's that's great the only thing is that you just want to make sure that you're not missing you know that you vitamins and minerals yeah or just you know the correct ratio of muscle meat to organ meat to bone you okay. know or calcium phosphorus you know getting all of those things in it's not just about getting you know ground beef or chicken breast and vegetables because right. that's just the muscle meat and they need a ratio of organ there's a, there's a whole formula that you need to be careful of, so i I think Dr. Kellehurst has some great information on home cooked diets too okay um and then if you need to supplement for that, honest kitchen can be great for uh, for supplementing or travel or stuff like that okay uh, but getting them off of that that Purina kibble would definitely be um top on the list easy to do. Um, okay. And just get them off of that because it can cause. Uh, I've seen that kind of food have a direct impact on behavior. Okay. Over the years. Not saying that that's causing it, but that we don't need anything you know agitating them further. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Now one of the things that I talked about is you know my my philosophy and methods are very balanced. So I'm not the kind of um, trainer that that you should never tell your dog no or that they should never experience consequences because dogs say no to each other all the time with corrections. Mm-hmm. And also that's just the way the world works. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, corrections and consequences, that's, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with doing that. You know, we need to make sure that the dogs understand what it's for. Mm-hmm. And also, first of all, need to make sure that we're setting the dogs up for success first. Right. So, making sure that the energy needs are met, uh, you know, cleaning up the diet, getting them off a of chemical flea medication if that's if that's what they're you know on. Some dogs are super sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. Um, physical and mental exercise, training, you know, putting structure in place, all that kind of stuff. And then, if despite all of your efforts to set them up for success, give them structure, give them exercise, both mental and physical, feed them, you know fresh food, all that stuff, and they're still going after each other since they are not causing damage and that you are able to actually break them up just verbally. Mm -hmm. So I want to be very clear that the only reason why I'm recommending that you correct this behavior is because it is not severe. Okay. If they were biting each other or if they were biting you when you got in the mix of it and causing damage... I don't know if I'd even be talking to you on air right now. I mean I'd talk to you on the phone, but I right. would you know. So I'm really, really clear about that that this is that it's sort of a flurry, but it's not really intense. They're not causing damage and that you're able to actually break them up verbally. Yes. So I wonder what would happen if something just happened that they didn't like when they one or the other did that behavior. So the 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 sound of the click when your grandmother's walker breaks, release, or whenever it happens, it's this click sound that sets them off. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what would happen if, first of all, you put all, you do all of this work to set them up for success, and then they still do the behavior. What would happen if you just like squirted them with a squirt bottle with water in it and told them no as soon as they did it?
2: I'd have to try it. I, I, right. I haven't even tried that yet.
0: So I would try that. Okay. Um, And they're like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, if that's what's going to happen now when we do this behavior, then that really doesn't work for us. So maybe we maybe we will stop that behavior and we'll just really more readily move towards the other constructive directions that you're giving us. Right. Now, there's something that I would actually do. Like this is where training comes in. Just obedience training comes in really handy is because they are so predictably set off by the sound, it can really just become like a habit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not even a thought process anymore. You know, click and then one, you know, they just kind of go nuts immediately, right? Yes, immediately. So I'd also be curious for you to do some desensitizing to the sound and really uh, cultivating, and I would actually do this before I would do the squirt bottle. I mean, there's no harm in trying the squirt bottle thing. It's Mm -hmm. just water. It's not like, you know, but so you could try that, but uh, in back to the part of kind of doing everything that we can to set them up for success, I think some desensitization and also cultivating their thought process using training Mm -hmm. to put structure in place. For example, train them to go to, go to a rug, separate rugs, Across the room from each other. Mm -hmm. One's on one side, one's on the other, and you're in between them. You train them to go to a rug and wait on the rug. Okay. And then good wait as they're waiting. Good wait. Good wait. Good wait, girls. Their names are Oreo and Buttons. Mm -hmm. Good wait. Oreo, good weight. Buttons, good weight, good weight, good weight, good weight. So you're praising, 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 praising for the good weight on the rug mm-hmm. once they've learned what that means. So you're engaging their brain and getting them thinking about the work that they're supposed to be doing. Okay. Then as once they've got the hang of the weight on the rug and they can do that and all's good and you can toss some treats while they're waiting on the rug and good weight, good weight, good weight. If they break off, probably would be a good idea just to have them on a leash. So you can just tell them no as soon as they step off the rug and then just pick up the leash and bring them back. Okay. might be good to have someone else help you with this since it's two dogs. Okay. Um, And you just establish that wait and then once they're like okay we got the hang of this Mm -hmm. then what you do is you teach them to wait on the rug through the click. So once you've established the wait on the rug with no distractions then you've then you put them in a wait Good weight, good weight, good weight, girls. Good weight. Oh my goodness, that's the best weight I've ever seen in my whole life. You're really like giving it to them, thick with that praise. Good right. weight, and you're praising them. Good weight, not good girl. Mhm. And then you've got the walker right next to you. Good weight, good weight. Click. Good weight, good weight, good weight. So you just get that click in as you're praising them. Okay. One or both of them breaks off. <laughs> nope. On the rug. Wait and you fix them. Okay. You could squirt if you needed to for that. If they're like, if they like run for each other in the middle, Mm -hmm. you could you could add the squirt bottle with your word no. If they if they just like explode when you do that, but otherwise I'd just say no. You're they're gonna have leashes on them. Right. Oh, there's one of them. Yes. And then just pick up the leash on your rug. Wait. Okay. Good wait. Good wait. Good wait. Click again. Oh. Maybe they flinch, but this time they didn't break off. Okay. So they learn to keep connected to the thought process through the trigger that causes them to have that impulse. Okay. So you cultivate and strengthen the thought process and the work that you want them doing for you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, despite the click, and that can just help them help sort of work them out of that habit. Okay. Because it does sound like, I mean, it probably, if it happens every time, it's, they're not even thinking about it. Right. Do you have any questions for me at this point?
2: No, they actually, you're, you're, you're filling me with a lot of good
0: information. Good. So we'll want to have, we'll have to do like a follow-up in and six see how they're weeks doing. or something like that. Yeah, we'll see how the girls are doing. Okay. Now, I'm not done, but just checking in to see um, if you had, you know, if anything wasn't making sense for you or if you had any questions about anything else. I mean, anything about the dogs. So why don't we actually take a quick break? Okay. And then um, we can chat if you have any other questions. um, We can chat over break and then we'll be back and we'll wrap this up. So you're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team
2: who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic,
0: a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet. A local family practice, jetcityanimalclinic.com. Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine, plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E, dot com. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it.
2: Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m., do rag, but it's dawn, and he'll snore no more. There's a cough, a sneeze, a dreadful bark. Some woman yells, "Hush up!" The woman is louder than Peppy is, but Peppy will not shut up.
0: Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150, and I'm back talking with Jennifer from Utah who uh, filled out the contact form on our website, dogradioshow.com, and selected, I have a question about my dog that I would like for you to answer on air. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer on air, I may do so if you fill out that form on the website. It's just a contact form. Um, and select that uh, subject line, but it'll get to me regardless. So just go to com, and you can check out all the cool things on the website, including that. So uh, Jennifer moved in with her grandmother in August um, to help her. She's 92, and she has two 11-year-old female Chihuahuas. They're sisters, Oreo and Buttons. And uh, they have this kind of funny behavior where they... One or the other, and they kind of switch off, will go after the other one and kind of attack, although they're not causing damage, uh, which is an important part of this, um, at the sound of the click of the brakes on her grandmother's walker. So I don't have the—well, uh, I kind of would love to get filled in on a couple things. We'll have to follow up, Jennifer, on this and then um, certainly have you back for an update in a little bit. Definitely. Um, you know, how? when did this start? How old were they? You know, did it start with a different sound and then generalize out to the click of the walker? Did they do it to other sounds? You know, all that kind of stuff. But in the interest of the time that we have today, um, <clears throat> I'll let you fill me in on that later. And um, and if you've missed any part of this show or any of our over 300 episodes, you can find them all archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. You can also find them as a free podcast on iTunes. So just go to the audio podcasts and search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and you can download them all for free. And uh, be sure to find us on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook page, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You can be a part of the conversation in between our live shows every Wednesday at 2. So um, we talked about meeting their mental and physical energy needs in the first segment, and then the second segment we talked about putting structure in place Mm -hmm. with training for example teaching them to go to a rug and wait on a rug and then once they get good at doing that with no distractions and you can add in that sound that click sound and get them so that they're so good at waiting on the rug that they can even wait on the rug when that sound is being made so that will help desensitize them to the sound because it's just a habit now they've been doing it for so long right so they they're, they're just even have like a body reaction to it. So, so that's an important part of it too. So we talked kind of generally about doing everything that we can first to set the dogs up for success and to prevent the behavior in the first place. Meeting their mental and physical energy needs, uh, you know, getting them off of kibble, um, especially the kibble that they're on. Okay. Um, you know, kind of those things. And then um, training putting structure in place, um, get you know taking a class locally or finding some stuff online that or going to like dognition.com and doing some mental games, stuff like that. Um, and then we talked about just plain old consequences. Have you, you know, and I had asked you this, have you ever tried a squirt bottle? Those sometimes I mean consequ- if, 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 if they've never had a consequence for the behavior, that could be a huge piece of this puzzle where you just squirt them with water. You know, you mean we want to, like I said, we want to be doing everything that we can to set them up for success first to be fair so that when we do give a consequence, we feel comfortable and confident that we're being fair and that we're doing everything we can to support the dogs. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, just, you know, you're going to go after each other. We'll squirt, squirt, squirt in the face with water. How do you like that? And if they're like, oh, well, I don't like that very much. So and if that's what's going to happen, when I do that behavior, then I'll do something different. And then then they will be more like, you know, then they'll be really willing and happy to go in the direction that you're providing them. Um, You know, because we can't just cut off the behavior without giving them a different direction. Like, don't go there. You can't just leave them with that. you you got to say, go here instead. Right. Um, Don't go down that street. Go down this street. So we want to make sure that you give them that constructive, um, direction to
2: new paths to take.
0: That's right. Um, for dogs, you know, if they're 11 years old, they've never had really any training. I mean, just some basic training and some structure can make a huge world of a difference. You know, these dogs are not hurting each other. You have been able to break them up just verbally. So this isn't a really deep set, um, thing. You also said something else, which was important in this equation, is especially with two females, is that they are oftentimes really sweet with each other and cuddle. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you, do they play together?
2: They do play together. Okay, they
0: play together. Mm-hmm. So they, that's probably the biggest reason why nobody's caused damage, because they like each other. They're buddies. Right. You know, they have a relationship.
2: Yes.
0: The, the relationship factor is so undervalued in the world of dogs. It's just incredible whether we're talking dog to dog or whether we're talking dog to human. Right. Um, it's so key. You know, if, if you're if if, I'm, if we were in a conversation about, well, how do I get my dog to do this or do that? Or how do you know, how do I get my dog to work for me or whatever? It's like, well, how's your relationship? You know, if someone was going to ask me to help them move, I'd, you know, they would be a good friend to right. ask me to help them to move. You know, you don't ask someone you don't know to be like, hey, can you help me move large furniture? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know I don't want to, but I will because you're my friend and I want to help you. Right. So, you know, don't underestimate the importance of relationship. Now, these two dogs get along well. A lot of the time they play together. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I just actually recently received a book on play behavior in dogs that I'll be interviewing the author on at some point in the next few months. But I've talked about it before with Dr. Mark Beckoff. Uh, and I think maybe Patricia McConnell talked about it, too, on the show. Um, it's actually really loaded. It's a really loaded interaction and it's really important. So I love, love, love that they play together. That's huge.
2: They play together. They sleep together. They yeah. cuddle.
0: And sometimes they get into a little bitch fight.
2: Yes.
0: You know, that's that's oddly triggered by the sound of the clicking of the brakes. So, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that you'll, with some structure and training and you know work those little brains of theirs and get them tired in a really great satisfying way right get them off of that Purina food and make their food or feed them on his kitchen or get them on a raw or whatever food since you can't Mm -hmm. get natural pet pantry there and I think you're gonna I think we're gonna be hearing some great success in several weeks when we reconnect and you give us an update on this. Good. Um, be- I'm looking forward to it because of all of those factors that are that are in place. Um you know, I love it when when it is this way because I I anticipate that you're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, they're they're so happy. They're they're loving what we're doing and so am I and the behavior is so much better if not gone, you know, and it's just right. it's just a matter of knowing what to do and cuz a lot of times it's not that easy and the behaviors are really set in or the aggression is really severe and the dogs are causing damage and they don't like each other. And oh, it's a lot harder when, when that's the case. So we have a lot of really, really like core key great parts to this. Um, So I'm optimistic. I am too. (laughs) Good. Um, I, one of the things I need to do really, and, um, is to write out some more of this kind of information so that I have, like, how to teach go-to-your-rug and wait-on-your-rug so I mm-hmm. could just, like, send that to you. So maybe this will prompt me to do that. Okay. Um, But if not, I'm sure that you can find, um, you know, either figure it out or we could do another phone consultation if you wanted to off the air, and I could mm-hmm. just kind of walk you through some of the training stuff if you feel like that, was be- that would be helpful. Okay. Um, but just, yeah, putting that structure in place with training, it's kind of like, OK, well, that makes sense. But then when you're there in the living room with the dogs and you're like, well, what do I do? You know, Right. So, you know, and I wish um, I could meet you in person so that I could actually demonstrate that stuff. But we can't. So we'll just do the best we can with what we have. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a good a good place to start. And we're running out of time anyway. So um. Will you know? You have my email, so you know you can keep me posted. I mean, I don't, I don't want to wait, you know, six weeks to hear from you. So I'd love to, I'd love for you to keep me posted on things and let me know how things go. And if you have questions here and there, um, you can get in touch. If you're feeling like you want to do a phone consultation, I do offer those more formally, um, where we could kind of get into more detail off the air if you think that would be helpful. Okay. Um, and then otherwise, we'll just have you back for an uh, um, uh, update.
2: I thank you so much for just this advice right here and just kind of pointing me in the right direction and give me more options because I kind of really felt my hands were just so tied with not knowing what to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to do the wrong thing or exactly. make it worse. Yeah. I know. Totally.
2: Yeah. And I just, I felt like it was starting to get a little bit, you know, going down the wrong path and I, and I didn't know how to stop it.
0: hmm well, I hope this is helpful, and I've, I hope if you're listening, if you heard some information in here that you can apply to your own dogs, and that's helpful, too. That's great. That's why I do this. Um, so, again, check out our website, com. You could submit a question you'd like me to answer on air, and I may do that. Uh, and uh, we have a, a lot of other new stuff. The website's just been redone, um, so we're still... We're still beefing it up, but it is up and running and uh, looking great. And uh, one of my favorite dog videos is posted on the homepage. I have a blog. I have posted some training and behavior articles on there, um, and I'll be posting more as time goes on. But there, there is some good information on there, too, that you can look up. You can subscribe to the blog posts and that good stuff. And then, of course, all of our episodes are archived on there as well. On the podcast page, and you can find all of our over 300 episodes also archived on iTunes as a free audio podcast. And be sure to find us on Facebook as well. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and you'll see our cute logo. And if you want a car sticker, we have these really cute car stickers. It's the oval-shaped logo right there on our website and also on our Facebook page. Um, They are weatherproof. And Eric. Urine-proof as well. (laughs) We think. We think. They are waterproof, they're car stickers, they're really cute. So wherever you are in the country or the world, I've sent them um, to other countries as well. You can just send me an email, host at dogradioshow.com with your address, and I'm happy to mail you out some dog show car stickers. So Jennifer, good luck. I look forward to keeping in touch with you in your process and hearing how things go, and then having you back for a uh, joyous update in several weeks.
2: Thank you very much.
0: All right, we will be back. You're very welcome. We'll be back next week next Wednesday live at 2 p.m. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.